Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kulositev, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Product Boss. I'm Jacqueline, and I'm here with my co-host, Mina. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. Today, our episode will be about the do's and don'ts of product photography. Yeah. What you should be doing when you're taking photos of your products, it gets a little bit overwhelming at times because don't we always need photos, right? So many photos. And it's all visual these days, right? So when it was in the store, people could actually walk up to your product. They could pick it up, hold it. You know, you're attracted to something and you'll walk up. With everything being online now, it's all about your pictures and pretty pictures, pinnable pictures, Instagrammable pictures, and pictures that really just sell the product. So they're about what you're selling and they're great. They're just a great photo. Yeah. So should we start with the don'ts and then end with the do so we can, you know, go on the up uphill climb and, you know, the positive at the end here? Sure. So one of the reasons we were inspired to do this episode was because we are also doing the subscription boss episodes on Fridays sponsored by CreateJoy. And one of the little tidbits and tips that we learned from CreateJoy was that the subscription boxes that have the best photos sell best. So I think they said between five and 10 photos. Yeah. I think it was four and eight or something. (laughs) Just a little bit off. Somewhere there. (laughs) Either way. So somewhere between five and 10, let's say. Um, And yeah, that just goes to show you that better photos get better sales. Yeah. So we we thought that this would be just a great tie-in for all of our product bosses, as well as anyone that's considering the subscription boss uh, podcast or the subscription boss sign up. And so remember, we are offering you a free two-week trial to try out the back end of Create Joy. So you can definitely find that link in our show notes. So let's jump into the don'ts of product photography. Okay. So number one is don't hurry through it. Experiment with angles, layers, and view as an art. So I kind of picked this up from this YouTube video that I watch. And it was this girl that was talking about taking better photos, right? And the music was like, do, 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 like imagine a tune that would be called Happy Day or something like that. <laughs> and she was like, I love doing this. It's like an art form. And she had like a British accent. And I was so relaxed watching that thing. But when I'm actually taking photos of my own products, I'm more like, Let's crank this baby out and get done with it and over with it. So it's just the mindset. Definitely take your time and just try to have fun with it and then experiment a little bit too. I would also say when we say don't hurry through it, know that it's going to take longer than you expect. So oftentimes I have clients on the fashion side that want to do their editorial shots. So those really pretty shots that are, you know, the cover of your um lookbooks or on your homepage of your website versus the product shots, which would be more catalog based, right? Like if you're buying clothes online and the the pictures you click on to actually purchase the clothing. And sometimes they want to do it all in one day. It is really 
hard unless you're experienced and you know what you're doing and everything's pre-styled. So just know that it might take longer. So to give yourself more time. Yeah, you might want to like prep for it. So maybe gather up all your props that you want to use and then the next day allot some time for a studio shoot or something like that. I will say if you're doing anything that's on a model, that would take longer because you have to, you know, basically they have to change. They have to put their clothes on. You may have to restyle their hair, put different jewelry on or whatever you're doing. There's there's a little bit more than versus if like it's a product stylized. So there is a whole prep time to that. And I will do a little Facebook live in our Facebook group and I'll talk about the things to do for if you're going to use a model, um, how to prep the night before. Yeah. And mine are not quite that fancy. So when I've taken my own product photos, I have set up a foam core thing and on my kitchen table, which is in front of our sliding doors that has two windows on the side. And then I have a bright white foam core on the other side to bounce the light. And and then I just take some photos with that white background. It's like a bottle with a label on it. But sometimes that's all it takes. And I just, you know, it's just kind of just getting done with it. But now I'm going to try to have more fun with it and take my time with it. (laughs) So if we're talking a do or don't, what do you think about them taking their own photos versus hiring a photographer? I think it's easy to get started doing your own. But I remember had sat in on photo shoots. I have a like fake degree in graphic design. (laughs) I have a designer's eye. So I feel like that's helped with, you know, that rule of thirds and all that stuff. Um, But it's hard. People are talented at it, you know, some way more than others. And some people can just get away with it a little bit better. I can tell that mine are taken by myself, you know, whereas like now I'll kind of get into the story more, but I've actually hired a few different people along the way just to get myself going. And it's been a, a steep learning curve. Yeah, I would say don't assume you are a photographer. So if you, <laughs> if, you know, we all have our iPhones and there's some really great things on there. And if you watch tutorials and figure out how to do this the right way, and we're going to go through other aspects of this, like with lighting. But if you could afford it, I would always tell my clients, invest in the things that you're not great at, like you're not the professional, because if your stuff looks professional, people will think that you have you're backed by so much more money. You're not this like thing that's happening out of your garage. And then they're going to believe in your product more. So the more professional you can make things look, the better off your business will be. Yeah, I completely agree. So the next one is don't clutter the background. So it is really easy to think that you should have some fancy chevron or paisley background, but don't clutter it up with too much pattern or too many props because it will deter from the main image, your product that you're trying to sell. 100%. I tell people that all the time when they're doing, again, fashion photography, because oftentimes they'll want to style it and make it feel like it's a magazine shoot, but that's not the point. You're trying to sell the product. You're trying to sell that shirt or those shoes or that bracelet or that baby bottle, whatever it is, you're trying to sell that specific thing. So don't distract from what you're selling. Yes. Okay. Also in the next one, we kind of already got into this. Um, don't be afraid to hire it out. Um, it can get expensive. So my first hire was my cousin, Jimmy, but he was a photographer. Shout out to Jimmy. He doesn't any longer do it, but Kuno Photography, may it rest in peace. So I hired him and he was not a product photographer. So they were okay. They got me, he had a great camera and he had lights. So it was great. I also took my own for Instagram. And then my most recent hire before these 
most, most recent hires was um, someone I knew locally that was a photographer and she did natural light photography. Um, However, this should be another don't. Don't be afraid to hire it out and let some control go. I think I tried to control it too much. So then my photo shoot was in the same time as my headshots. And that was when the light was going down. So it was like at four o'clock, you know, in wintertime. And so the lighting was not great. It was so harsh on the products. So me trying to control the situation, I couldn't control the light, obviously. And um, trying to get the headshots and the timing and all this stuff made for bad picture, made for bad photos. Um, they could have been a lot better. I got maybe a, I don't know, a handful, maybe three to five photos out of there, but I paid like $350. So not, you know, when you do the math on that, not that great guys. So do hire it out, but don't have too much control over it. I'd also say, don't be afraid to ask. So go on Facebook and just ask amongst friends or locals that you know. Um, I had met a guy. So my shout out is the man you see. So it's the man you, the letter U and the letter C, Anthony. He's been working with me for like 10 years. He was in my building. I saw him with a camera one day taking shots. And I mean, he's really blown up since then. But I asked him, hey, do you want to do shots? And he was so into photography that he at one point was doing them for like almost free. Now he's doing billboards around LA. I mean, he's definitely like all his rates have gone up, but he was great. So don't be afraid to ask also newbies if your budget is really low. Put an ad out or put something on your Facebook page just saying, hey, looking for photographers. But remember though, they have to be product photographers. Like we talked to somebody who did our headshots because we did that when we were together in Wisconsin and she does everything with natural lighting. And she felt like she wasn't fully a product person because she liked natural light versus studio light and some product needs studio light. So don't be afraid. Yeah. So my most recent hires, I'll kind of go into that. So I went to Seller Summit last week and they kind of talked about, well, they didn't really talk about it. They critiqued my website and I saw this other girl's website and I like, it was like, you know, that cartoon with the eyeballs pop right out of the head. Her photography was so good and mine was okay you know? And so I asked her like who she hired. She didn't give me the name or anything, but she said that she hired a food photographer. And so then like ding, 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 food photographer, product photographer. Um, I found a food photographer slash product photographer on Upwork and loved her style. Basically a lot of my labels are used in the kitchen. So even if you're prepping your bottles, like even if you have like strawberries on the side or like little Tupperware with snacks, falling out of it, any of that, it would really work. And I want to get shots where like a bottle is being run under the water, the sink, and then being pulled out of the dishwasher so I can show the benefits of my labels because they're waterproof. And so she does all that stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I hired her and I hired a secondary photographer because can you have too many if you're hiring? <laughs> um, yes, you can have too many. But I was kind of just, you know, since I'm going to invest in this because it's just, thank you guys. It's been, I'm in my third year and I don't have a lot of good lifestyle photos. I have a lot of good product listing photos that are like on a white background, but none that are lifestyle, like on a countertop with food or in a, with a lunchbox or, you know, like mom, life, kid lifestyle stuff. So I found a secondary person. She was on Upwork. And then I looked at her Instagram and I reached out to her. She was not so much a food photographer. She was more of a product one, but her style was very simple. And I loved it so much that I ended up hiring her too. And my husband was like, 
can't you just hire Jimmy again? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. And I was like, no, I already did that one time. And I was like, I think it has to be a product photographer and a food photographer for one of them. And it's like, I'm willing to spend, let's say my budget is $1,000. So I'm getting some photos from them. Hopefully this will last me a couple years and I will have really stellar photos. And so he agreed, you know, $1,000 doesn't seem that much. That also includes, I'm giving them a $100 budget for each of them to buy props. One of them is not a mom, so she'll have to buy stuff off like Amazon and stuff. And one of them only had like sippy cups. Her kids are older, um, like toddler. So she'll need to get, get like the bottles and things like that. So included with that. And then, so I'm super excited. Also, I'm paying for a rush fee because I'm too too excited. And I'm trying to get stuff done before my busy season. But it was only $100, right? So she was like, I can get it to you in three to four weeks or I can put a rush on it for $100. And I was like, I'll pay the $100, totally. you know? And so hopefully that will be, I'm excited. I'll show you guys what it looks like after it's all said and done and kind of give you the takeaways from that experience. So you've only done a photo shoot about three years ago and this will be your second one? Um, yeah, I did a photo shoot like six months ago. That was that harsh lighting that I was, I liked it. I only got three photos that I really liked. And then I was like, obviously you need a different strategy, you know? So now I'm going with the food photographers, real product photographers. She was more of a portrait and headshot. She does a lot of like senior pictures and stuff like that. So I think it's just, it's just so different. Yeah. So it's hiring the right people too. So I know I said, you know, listed on Facebook, but, but make sure that it does align with what you're doing. So if they do you know, portraits and headshots, maybe they could do fashion photography if it was on a model and it was pretty basic, but then you do want to hire correctly. You want to hire people with like the right portfolio, basically. I will also just add to this and I don't know if it comes up at another point, but when you're doing these photos, depending on your budget and how often you can do it, whether your items are seasonal or not, think about what's happening. Like think about, you know, if Mina is doing back to school or camp, she might want to then at that point get, you know, photos that align with that, like like a camp bag or water bottles that feel a little bit more summery. And so as you're doing these photos, try and gather stuff like Valentine's Day or Mother's Day. See if there's any shots that you can get in there that you can use during the time or the holiday season that you're selling your product. Yeah. In the breakdown of the cost, looking at these two different photographers that are product photographers, the end cost of it will be $20 to $30 a piece per photo. So keep that in mind for when you're ready to invest that the great photos with the professional product photographers will be somewhere around there if you hire the same people that I did. (laughs) (laughs) Our next don't is kind of, we've mentioned it. So if you're taking your own photos, don't use a flash. Use natural lighting. So unless you have the studio bulbs where it's like that daylight, bright light, and you have a light box, just try to use natural lighting instead of a flash. A flash is too yellow and too, I don't know, it just doesn't work well. Like kind of in, blows it out a bit sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's really actually hard. I mean, when you have a product photographer, they know how to f- photograph things in plastic, just like, you know, my bags are plasticky. So that's another thing is when you're an amateur photographer or DIY photographer, you don't know the tricks that they do to get that really non-glare look. Yeah. So um, when I did Cuffs Couture, I actually bought one of those pop-up white boxes. You can get them on Amazon and it came with little desk lamps with different sort of covers to to change the lighting and the light bulbs and the white boxes for small products. And 
I can't even tell you guys how many ways I tried to position my cuffs, like whether it was on a hand, like I these like fake hand things that I bought <laughs> at home goods. They were cool, but like weird and they were white. And so we shouldn't be photo like photographing white on white because we'll talk about this later, but it's hard to cut it out of the background basically. So you need that contrast. Um, and then I had them on these little like silicone, um, clear like silicone tubes to try and hold them up. And I did the photos. They were fine because I had the right lighting and I kind of studied it and for what I needed it. But then all the shots on models and whatnot, that, that was all done with a professional and they looked amazing when they were done by a professional. Yeah. So just to give you guys an idea of what Jacqueline's office looks like, she has a dress form in the background. She has a fake dog in her, you know, like to dress up. I don't know. She I have a, it's a blow up dog. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. I didn't realize it was blow up when I saw it. <laughs> I had a client that did dog. I had two clients that did dog clothes. And so, um, I had, I needed a mannequin for that <laughs> size and you can get dog mannequins. Uh, what else do we have? We had multiple dress forms. So I had this white dress form that had no head, but had this body. And I would, cause I used to do back like 10 years ago, I used to help my clients and I would take photos. Um, and I had like a gray backdrop with the white mannequin in front, but you have to really make sure there's like that contrast to be able to cut it out. But the yellow, the yellow was crazy. And then adjusting it in Photoshop and whatnot to try and... I'm not a professional at any of these things. So it took me longer than it should have versus if I had paid to get someone to do it. But when you're in startup phase... You try and do a lot of things and you learn and then you realize next time you should outsource it. Yeah. I did it all myself too. I mean, you kind of start there because you can get so far for sure, especially in that, you know, seed to startup stage. But the next don't is definitely one that startup people kind of get caught up in and that is don't over edit. Don't think an Instagram filter is going to save you when you over edit that bad photo, you know? So (laughs) don't over edit is the next one. What do you mean by don't over edit? Um, I think when you look at some people's photos and they have a product and they like super saturate it because it's a filter in like Instagram, let's say. So they, they put a super saturated filter on it thinking that will save, you know, thinking they're going into a brand feel, right? Super saturated photos that people will see right through that. You need bright, airy photos for all of your products and they need to be natural without filters. Yeah. I would say, again, just going back to YouTube, there's so much online, like little hacks on how to do your own photo photography. I remember seeing this one that was like a product, like a like a in your kitchen type product. I think maybe it like did those noodles out of vegetables and uh-huh. they showed how they did this product photography and they basically took foam core, put that marble paper down. Uh-huh. Paper, so it looked like a marble countertop. So let's just talk about that really fast. Marble countertop makes you think, expensive, rich. Everybody wants to, you know, cook in a beautiful kitchen with a marble countertop, really light, like bright light, like not bright light, but very light and airy, like Mina said. And they showed the product being used and product photography. Turns out when you zoom back, it was just foam core with like foam core around it to bounce the light, you know, and it wasn't Uh as glamorous as I thought it was, but it was a great shot that made the product look good. So look that up. Try it yourself. And if you realize you can't do it, again, I'm going to go back to outsource this. Yeah. So let's move into the do's. Um, We've kind of talked about some of this stuff, but do shoot in bright light. So this is kind of that whole, um, make sure you get some bright light, even if you're using your own kitchen or foam core, 
the idea of the foam core thing is that you're bouncing the light. So if you have something in the opposite end of, you know, facing your window, it will bounce the light back. So keep that in mind. That way you get that extra light in there. Um, you see it all the time when people are actually taking like senior pictures. There's somebody holding a, you know, big white, whatever those thingies are called, you know, round disc. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, official photography terminology are here, guys. <laughs> and then the next tip for dues is just exactly what Jacqueline was saying. Do make it seasonal. So if Mother's Day is coming up or Valentine's Day, you want to incorporate all those props that would make it so it's like holiday-esque or whatever. So once I decide which photographer I like better, I plan to keep one photographer on. Do they know they're head-to-head in this competition? No. They have to buy for my love without knowing it. So if you're listening to the podcast <laughs> and you're one of these photographers, just know you better do your best. <laughs> and then um, I'll incorporate those seasonal ones in there, but I don't want it to get too confusing. Hey, guys. We just need to interrupt the podcast for a minute. You know what would be so exciting for product business owners? Reoccurring revenue and reoccurring sales. You know what else? Multiple streams of revenue and brilliant ideas. This is why we're over the moon about our partnership with CraveJoy, the all-in-one subscription box solution. They are passionate about helping you start and scale your subscription box. Amazing, right? What's even better is they are offering our listeners a free two-week trial to test out the back end of CrateJoy and experience how easy it would be for you to add a subscription box as another stream of revenue for your business. You may be thinking this idea is so out of the box, <laughs> pun intended, but guess what? It could lead to huge things for your business. It gives you an opportunity to test CrateJoy out, no credit card required, no obligation, while asking yourself, would an added revenue stream benefit my business? Um, yeah. So join us. Sign up for the free two-week trial run. Again, no credit card required, no obligation, and see what it's like to be a subscription boss. The link is in the show notes. So I know I shop Bando. So Bando is like hair clips and accessories and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I was, I, Cuffs Couture was in the same showroom with them back in the day. And I always looked at their photography because they had such fun photography for their hair clips because it was so specific, like hearts. And then they would have confetti jumping up in the, like not jumping up, but throwing confetti in the air and catching that shot or glitter or, you know, just depending on what your brand is. But whatever photography you can get going. Like just think about it, like New Year's Eve, Christmas, opening boxes, all of that. It's a lot to get in one, but let's say you're going to do this every six months or every, mm, what, like 12 weeks or 16 weeks or something. Try and capture what you need for that timeline in that season. Yeah. And you can always reuse them for the next season. So let's say you pick out three holidays that are your big profitable holidays. So maybe it's, for me, it would be camp season, back to school and holiday, I guess. Not really, but that's just for everybody. Um, so let's say I pick those three times and then I just reuse some of the photos the following year. And then the, uh, the following year, I pick a few more other holidays. So you only get to like one holiday per month. But you know, like I'm not going to promote St. Patrick's Day or something, you know? Yeah. But see, that makes sense for you because your product kind of stays very much the same unless you're going to launch something new. If it's somebody that does, you know, something more seasonally, like 
like I'll just go back to clothing because that happens or accessories, bags, anything that changes, you'll, you will have to shoot more often because every season that you have, you'll have to do a shoot for that. But again, just thinking about where you're going to use these things, Instagram, you know, Facebook, Pinterest, and then on your homepage, like what they're being used for. Yeah, absolutely. So the next tut- or next tutorial, next do is to do a tutorial. <laughs> so use a model to do like a hand tutorial. And this could be, you know, just like showing like uh, when Jacqueline was talking about the zoodles, the zucchini noodles, like you're not actually showing motion, but you kind of are, right? The handles, hand is on the crank and the crank is a turn in, you know, you can kind of assume that's turning out zoodles. So for that noodle maker or whatever. I'm going to shout out to Lilo. She's a client of mine and she's doing these really cool bags. They're for protection. So they're fanny packs that also turn into purses and they have protection in there for EMF. So the radiation that comes off of your, your phones. And so she did this really awesome tutorial where she had her, she had done a video like from a set point above her hands and she just moved around the little bag and opened the zipper and closed it. And so she did her own video and that's on her homepage. It's L-Y-L-O. And it's really cool because it shows you all the things that can go into it. So if you're thinking about that, just get your nails done. Or if you're a guy and you think a guy's hands should be doing it, or you can get a girl to do it and then moving them around. Be a hand model like Zoolander, the guy who was in Zoolander. (laughs) Um, For my Amazon email sequence that I have, um, I have a 25 second video that people can see the label being used, like the backing being pulled from it. And I use my cousin's hands, uh, the one that comes up from Dallas. She has beautiful hands. I bite my fingernails, so definitely not my hands. No manicure will suffice. So when she came up for one of her trips from Dallas, I was like, can I photograph your hand? The only thing was she's like, but I have really bad handwriting. (laughs) So, you know, you have to write on there. So it kind of looks like, she's like, does it look like boyish handwriting? And I just, it didn't. And I pieced it together with music and it was, it was fine. And now it's a 25 second video for people who want to download it and, and give, give them like a little how to. Awesome. Okay. So the next do is push your money shot. So what's your money shot? Your best photo you have, keep reusing it and repurpose it and know that that's like your most popular product, your most popular product photo. So I'll just give an example for Cuffs Couture. So we did a campaign calling called burn your bags. And so I basically had this girl super chic on the rooftop of my building wearing cuffs with a gasoline can (laughs) and superimposed the fire later, but we had a bunch of bags stacked and then it was like, she was like burning her handbags because cuffs couture is a wearable wrist wallet. And so it was like, basically don't have your bags. And that was our that was our poster. That was the cover of our website. That was on the materials that we sent out to editors and to buyers and whatnot. And so that was a shot that we use quite often. The other, let's say money shots that we use was our best selling product. So the Celeste, which is this gold cuff, just like far beyond any other cuff I've ever made, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them sold. And so basically anytime I would take photos with that cuff more often. And then I also had this shot of it closed and opened being used. And so those shots were used, you know, if I was, again, if I was pitching an editor, if I was sent, sending it to Zulily and asking them if they wanted to do a sale, I was using the best product with the best shot in multiple places. Yeah. When you have a good photo, you know it, the people know it, and the sales can be tracked from it. Um, so definitely figure that out and keep reusing it. 
Okay. So the next do is pay someone to knock the background out. So let's say you do have a flat light or something or any other type of photo. If you pay somebody on Fiverr five bucks, they will knock out that background for you and it'll be the best $5 you've ever spent. I have this on a lot of my photos because I tried to do it myself one time and it took me so long to do that background. You know, So just pay somebody $5 and don't even, that, that should be part of your process. And so you found it on Fiverr or like maybe an Upwork, they could find it on that too? Yeah. Um, Upwork maybe, but people tend to pay more on there. Fiverr, they're just like, you know, sure, I'll do it for $5 or so less $2. So back in the day when I would pull my all-nighters putting line sheets together for my clients, that was one thing I would do. So that's why I'm so adamant about being aware of what your background is because if it's white on white or if it's really light, like um, clients would do these dresses that had, they were printed and there was a lighter color in it. And so I would do the, like the magnetic magic tool on um, Photoshop where it's easier. You kind of drag it around the outline of something and then you can cut it out. But let me tell you, once you cut it out, like all the parts that still needed to be cleaned up. I mean, again, hours of my life gone <laughs> to Photoshop. Um, and so if you can pay someone to do it and then it's just super clean and you can choose places you want to use them and it just looks done well. So what I've done is I've taken those photos that their background is knocked out and that's when I add in the colorful background. So on Pinterest, I have like the bottle with a knocked out background and then that's when I have the fun background. It, it, sometimes it's girl oriented and sometimes it's boy oriented. Sometimes it's just solid, um, like a different color, but that way I'm not stuck on one color and I can actually add in a fun background because it's more appropriate for certain situations than others, you know? So it's a way to like reuse all your stuff. And another Another thing you could do that too is you can like unsplash is a free free place for photos and sometimes what you could do is you can get one of those it looks like a like a flat lay like a blank flat lay and then depending on what the perspective is you could lay down whatever that cutout picture is on it so I have something on for my designer consulting co-op where it looks like a computer screen and I actually took the cut image and put it on the computer screen so it looks like you're looking at something on that so it just helps you be able to use these you know, paper doll, all these things together. Yeah. When you're superimposing like your images on, like if you have a planner, you can put it on a desktop or, you know, have little pencils around it. It's just way easier. And you're just, you know, getting more photos out of there. And yeah, Unsplash and Kaboom Pics is what I also use. It's royalty free. So you're not paying anything. Though it would be nice of, you know, you to throw credit to the photographer when you get a chance. Um, Okay. So the next ones kind of go hand in hand. It's, our last one, but we can kind of talk about more of our overall opinions about this. So take the photo, do take the photo full length and then crop it differently. So this means back up a little bit and that way you can make it into a whole bunch of cropped sizes. Yeah. So I, I say this a lot for fashion again. So if anything's model based, oftentimes let's just say it's a head to toe model and clients will want to sort of like zoom in on something like a shirt. Maybe it's a shirt and pants or together. They might zoom in and like actually cut the model's head off or like get her at the chin, like cut it off at the chin and like do the zoomed in part. And then her arms are cropped. If you could take the photo top of her head to her feet, then you can zoom in in post and, you know, crop it wherever you want on her face and pull it on the, the top or if you want to show the pants. Because think about online stores, like anywhere you're buying clothing from, let's just say even like gap.com. When you look at pants, oftentimes it's cropped somewhere in the middle, like around maybe where her belly button is and you're looking at just the pants. And then they'll also show you 
a photo head to toe so you can see the garment being worn as you know an outfit. So you don't want to end up with a whole bunch of shots that if you crop them when you were taking the photos from her chin to her wrist and then realize later like these are unusable or they don't fit in wherever you're trying to post them. Yeah, love that. So those are that was it, you guys. The do's and don'ts of product photography. I was thinking it might be fun for us to talk about our photo shoot that we did in Milwaukee together and some of our takeaways from that. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just throwing this on Jacqueline it was, right now. It was hilarious. So you all know that Mina and I live in different places. And so we're not together very often. And when we are, we have so much fun together. And so we decided while we were together that we would do shots together. So headshots or, you know, photos that we could use on our website and on our podcast artwork and just anywhere. If we're going to be interviewed by anyone, we can hand them photos. And I'm sure a lot of you know this about yourselves. There's probably not a lot of pictures of yourself by yourself that are good. Like I'm usually cropping my husband's head out or like there's a kid's head below me, you know? (laughs) So as professionals, we decided to do um, a photo shoot together. And do you want to tell them how we found our photographer in Wisconsin? Um, I think we did mention this in a different episode, did we? I'm not sure, but it was very creative because we had gone on our own. We had gone on groups on Facebook and posted sort of like a job posting. So that's one thing you can do and just like shout out on a photographer Facebook group like, hey, anyone in Milwaukee, Wisconsin that does headshots, which we did. And then Mina shortcutted the whole thing. Yeah. I didn't like any of the people that were popping up because they weren't exactly on our style of brands. So I just basically went to Instagram and went to hashtag Milwaukee photographer. And then I realized Milwaukee can also be shortened by MKE. So I looked up MKE photog and, and then found like five people reached out to all of them, got an idea of what their rates were, if they were available. I only reached out to the people via email if they had an email in their Instagram profile and if I liked their portfolio. I feel like if they're a legit photographer with like professional skills for branding, that they'll at least have a good Instagram feed. So I just reached out to those people and then we narrowed it down to one person and she was the lucky person that got to photograph us at the hotel that we were staying at. And she was amazing. It was one of the things that I took away from there is that Jacqueline and I are very chatty. She had to tell us several times that we needed not to be so chatty because it's a terrible picture when you're chatting away. It's kind of like taking a photo of yourself dancing or eating, right? Then you're just like not as poised and posed as you could be. Every time she told us to be quiet, I laughed because <laughs> my mom and her husband constantly are talking while we're taking photos of them. It's all these pictures of their mouths in different positions and they're not smiling. So we were doing that and we were spending money to do that. But this is, so this is, <laughs> these are our takeaways. So Mina and I do not feel comfortable in front of the camera personally, right? I, I don't, don't know why you don't. You are super photogenic. And she even said to you that you're so coachable and she was literally like chin down, chin up head over the shoulder. (laughs) I was like, just put my hands in front of my chin and I'll be good. (laughs) There's Um, such a thing as good angles, you guys. Yes, which I still am not sure which side is my good side. So this this is the funny part. So Mina and I, we were taking shots. Again, all these ideas of what we need. So we did shots in front of our microphones with our computers out. We did shots drinking coffee, which mind you, I spilled on myself because... If I ever have a glass of anything and I'm talking, it usually starts to like tilt. (laughs) 
And then we did some shots around Milwaukee, like walking in front of like interesting backgrounds, but not again, not super crazy. So it was like a brick wall or, you know, garage doors, that sort of thing you'll see when we eventually get them. And one of the the thing that I found the hardest was posing with Mina because the last time I did a a shoot with somebody else was either with my husband, was with my husband, either a wedding or like family photos. And when you're with your significant other, you can cuddle up close or I said like (laughs) the prom pic, you know, where... (laughs) you're holding each other. But Mina and I were like, how do we stand next to each other? Like, and show that we like each other, but does my elbow go on our shoulder? Do we like hold each other? Do we just go back to back or do like Charlie's angel poses? (laughs) She was having us walk towards the camera and I was like, do I really, do I need to be sashaying it up or just normal walk here? (laughs) So it was a little bit of a learning curve. Um, We have not received those photos. Just keep in mind that she told us three to four weeks. That was more than I was expecting. And it was when we were first looking for people, we were thinking this was going to be like $250 to $300, uh, which is what I would pay in the Des Moines area. And what I have paid, but in Milwaukee, I guess it's high dollar and it was like four to $500. So keep that in mind. If you travel and do a photo shoot, the prices are going to change. So your budget has to change as well. Which being a New Yorker slash LA person is like, that's a deal. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I have a client that I was in charge of this. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've got clients that spend like 15 to 20,000 for shoots, like for fashion shoots, you know. So, but nonetheless, so that was for us. So, also as a product based entrepreneur, you do need to consider whether there is an image of you, like if, if there's a person related to this product and if that's on your website. So, you know how there's always like the about or the story you don't have to have it about a person or it can be, it could be about the creator or the inventor or why you did it. So having Mina, who's a mom do a product that's for moms, it might be relatable, but the zoodle, the zucchini noodle people, I don't know if they have their picture on their site because it's not, it doesn't, that may not matter. So thinking about that, but nonetheless, if you plan on being interviewed by anyone, if you're going to need a shot, which most of us do as entrepreneurs or CEOs of their company, you might want to get a couple shots in. And so if you are doing that product shoot, you do have a professional, do your makeup, get your hair done, and maybe have them take a few shots of you in front of the like the blank background that they use. Yeah. Because one of the main things about Jacqueline and myself, when we're out and about, we're having so much fun that we rarely take photos together, which is not great for social media and not great for our brand photography because we take zero photos together. Maybe we'll throw in like one or something, but we definitely need to be better about it. I told her that maybe we should start setting a timer that says, take a pic, you know? (laughs) And we're going to be working on that too. We're, We're planning on some like visibility type episodes for you guys. And so that's something that Mina and I too, since we're behind the microphone and we see each other, but you don't see us, we're also going to work on in tandem with you because no matter what, we're all building a brand. And so no matter what, we all have to figure out how to tap into that like video and photography and the visual aspect of the world now and how people buy into brands based on that. Yeah. So Jacqueline really wants to, well, she suggested this since we're trying to leverage video to do these podcast episodes on video as we're recording, you know, mics and all, you know, rolling up in here in our crazy looks and stuff, which I'm kind of like, oh, this is why I love podcasting is she's the only person that gets to see me and I can come as I am. But you never know. I guess you guys will see us more often. So this might be a summer project that we end up doing. Or every once in a while when we've decided that we (laughs) 
we could plan ahead enough to do our makeup. I was telling Mina though, I booked through designer consulting co-op. I did this 25 days of video and I thought I batched it. So I did like six episodes a night. They were like 13 minutes or something like that videos. And, um, I thought, I thought I had done my makeup and looked cute. And then I had a client comment and she actually ended up working with me and booking with me. But she's like, the reason I liked you is because she more or less said, cause you look so tore up at the end of the day. And you're not afraid to get on a, on a video. And I was like, oh, okay. I thought I looked good. Yeah. She's phrased it so sweetly. She was like, I thought, when I saw you, I thought, that's my girl right there. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was really nice, you know? Yeah. Which, and that's the thing. And Mina and I talked about it. And she's like, you know, that's, you want to align with your customers. So if they, you know, there's the people who are super done up and they're one way and there's, and then there's people who aren't. So if I jump on and do this Facebook Live about video, I may or may not have makeup on. We'll have to see how I feel. Yeah. So one of the things that I know it's so crazy to think about, but on Amazon, there's Chinese hijackers that will take over your listing and kind of knock off your product, right? So they've done that where they've kind of knocked off my product. So I have this thing where I'm like, do I want to have my picture on there? Because what if they assume that I'm a Chinese hijacker being Asian, right? <laughs> these are the crazy things that come up in my head you guys <laughs> and it's like so maybe it's you know hindering my product if I'm on camera so that is a limiting belief so you know that people will assume I, I am a Chinese hijacker I don't know why a Chinese hijacker would be the face of a brand but you know you get what I'm saying like just put yourself out there it'll be fine and if I can do it and Jacqueline can do it you guys certainly can. We're an American pin like all the politicians. She's <laughs> 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 a flag. Like American. That's true. <laughs> That's subliminal messaging. <laughs> or I have that really big flag that I won when we were at Magic together. You all send I it to know, me behind I you. Know. Okay. So Jacqueline, we so we have an episode coming out tomorrow, right? For subscription yep. boss. So tomorrow is an on-air coaching call. You guys, we have been doing you know, we've been leaning into this on-air coaching call thing, which by the way, we would love to hear whether or not you like these on-air coaching calls and if you want us to continue doing them. Um, We just did one for the product boss last this last Thursday, it came out um, with Pam Andrews of In Pursuit of College board game. Tomorrow, we're going to be coming out with a on-air coaching call for Love Delphine, which is a boutique, an online boutique. And she has like outfit boxes that we are helping her kind of brainstorm into the subscription box model is what the episode is all about. Yeah. So again, tomorrow, the episode on Friday, which is sponsored by Create Joy, it's the subscription boss. And that's where we're going to interview Love Delphine, which it's an awesome episode where she she's thinking about doing these day boxes. So she's already selling these boxes that people are buying of a full alpha put together and how to transition it from what she's been doing online on her online boutique into a subscription model. Yeah. So this will only be like our third on-air coaching call. Um, Jacqueline wants to do more of them. I'm feeling like I could definitely do some tweaking on my end with my coaching. (laughs) I think Mina's great and she's being hard. But so what we'd love you guys to do is a couple things. 
there's a few things here. So if you're interested in the subscription model, again, in our show notes, but also, you know, we could put a link to our Facebook page on there and we'd love to hear your feedback on if you like the on-air coaching calls or not. And if you do, we also take applications on our website if you're interested in being coached on air. Yeah, on uh, www.theproductboss.com slash podcast. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom, it says, are you interested in being a guest? And so you just need to fill out that form and say that you want to be an on-air coaching call. Yeah. So thanks again for joining us on the do's and don'ts of product photography. And we will chat with you guys again tomorrow. Yeah. Talk to you later. Thanks so much, everyone. Hey, you guys, we're adding a new special series on Fridays to the Product Boss podcast feed called Subscription Boss. We want to change lives by showing you how to become a successful subscription box business owner. Our plan is twofold. First, we're giving you step-by-step episodes of how to get this reoccurring revenue done. And second, we get you on the right platform to pull this off. That's where CrateJoy comes in. They're our partner in this in an all-in-one subscription box marketplace that you can sell on. We get you in front of their 3 million monthly website views for extra visibility. With both of those combined, we can really make some magic happen. So let's do it. Join us every Friday for Subscription Boss episodes right here on the Product Boss podcast feed. We'll see you there.